Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's nine, sorry, it's five minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been with us this morning, thank you for staying with us. I hope it's uh, safe and you're on driving carefully because the roads are really, really wet. Not having electricity also doesn't help, but I've just came from Ravonia now and it looks like the lights are back on and traffic's flowing freely. So please just take it easy and be careful. As promised last week, we are really going to look and take a, a, a different angle on retirement savings this week. It's something that we have spoken about before. Every time we speak about it, the lines light up, the messages come in. I get lots of messages that I need to reply to afterwards, which is really what the show is all about. But there are three basic myths that we'd like to debunk today when it comes to retirement and it comes to retirement savings. The long and the short of it, folks, there's no shortcuts and there's no magic elixir and there's no magic wand. It's all about putting money away, putting it away correctly, and putting it away for long enough. So on the line with me now is a, a gentleman called Nick Horn, who's Director and Regional Head of Durban Citadel, or Citadel in Durban. Nick, welcome to Chai FM. Hi, Ivy. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Nick, we've got a, a short time, so let's get straight into it. The long and the short of it is we know that scary statistic that's thrown around that, you know, roughly 8% of South Africans will be able to retire. In other words, at retirement date, the salary they got in their last month, in, in, in other words, be able to draw 75% of that value for the rest of their lives until they pass away, which basically relates to realistically drawing 5% of the value of your assets when um, you retire should give you enough money and enough asset to pull to pull down for the foreseeable future. Could you elaborate a little bit on that, please? Look, it's a, it's a commonly known stat. It's an old South African and quite a sad stat that um, a significant proportion of South Africans, when they retire, cannot live the kind of lifestyle that they lived, I guess, when they had cash flow, when they were working, when they were, were earning an income. So yeah, that's a commonly known step. The five percent number really is, um, you know, if you have accumulated assets, let's say you're in a corporate and you've accumulated some pension money and some some cash on outside of that. If you were able to live off five percent of your assets and they were managed properly, they could probably last you forever. And that really was the point around that that five percent number. Now, you know, I guess the shortcut way of doing it is to say switch that around, I often get asked the question, you know, do I have enough money? And, and my answer to that is, well, how much do you spend? You know, what do you want your lifestyle to be? If you can take that number and, and annualize it, you just multiply that by 20, that's your 5%. That's kind of the capital that you would need to sustain the kind of lifestyle that you want to lead. So, Nick, let's, let, let, let's play with figures here. Um, let's use a 100,000 rand a month. Um, times that by 12 is 1.2 million. Let's ignore tax for now. Times that by 10 is 10.2. Times about 20 is 20.4. So yeah. if someone's looking at retiring and they've got 20.4 million rands worth of assets, but assets that are generating an income. In other words, if your home is worth 15 million, it doesn't come into the equation. No, that's, a, that's, that's what I would call a lifestyle asset. That's different. But of course, one could gear off your home at a later stage. When I say gear off, you could, you know, downsize or maybe free up some capital from your home. But the number we, we're talking financial assets, straight financial assets that can switch for you. 
Exactly. So when you're talking about sweat, um, in other words, they will produce an income. So let's again use some realistic numbers. If we could get, let's say, between 8 and 9% net return on our money, which in this market's a, a bit ambitious, but let's say we could get that, and we're only drawing 5%. We've got a 3% real growth that's happening on our money. And is that why it should last indefinitely? Look, that number, when you start to project it in real terms over time, your capital will deplete um, in real terms. But you're never actually going to notice that because the report you get from on your investments will show, in that case, probably a rising rand value. But, of course, you're spending more. Your your, your, your 100,000 rand this year is going to be, you need to be 110,000 rand next year. Uh, and 125,000 in the following year because of inflation. So you need an element of real return over and above that 5%. It's absolutely great. Um, um, we do need to, Nick, we do need to run to the news, to the news, to, to the shops quickly just to take an ad break. But before we go, I just want to read out one line that you put in the press release, which was really, really poignant. It says, the most common theme underlying retirees' lack of savings includes saving too little. I can live with that. Cashing in savings at resignation or retirement, which is a common story. Investing too conservatively, which is something I'd like to discuss. And the last one, which I found very poignant, and it continued, continued to provide for children and parents. That's something that's often not taken into the equation. Children, you can't really budget for, but you're not quite sure whether your child's going to go on to do an honors, a master's, a PhD, and then start another degree and still live at home or actually just never get off the couch. But you would know early on in life whether your parents do or don't have enough money and what your responsibility will be, and then you can factor that into your retirement planning. But Nick, just bear with us. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 12 minutes past 12, and online with me is Nick Horn. He's the director and regional head of Citadel in Durban. Nick, that the, the sentence that I read out before, where people don't save enough, don't save early enough, um, use their money on retirement instead of preser- preserving it or, or transferring it to the new fund, but this obligation to look after parents, you know, it's often seen as a, a typically South African issue where, uh, you know, there's a greater extended family and one has to look after it. But the reality is that a, a young person in the early 20s or, or, or late 20s, or early 30s should know at that stage whether their parents are going to be able to retire or not. And if not, that needs to be taken into consideration, especially things like medical aid costs. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, so, you know, one of the, the tragedies is that I often get to see people very, very late in these stage of planning. Um, and when, when they started to plan for retirement, they actually, you know, they'll do a 10 year projection or a five year projection and it all looks good. The problem is that after 10 or 12 years, when your compounding effect of inflation and cost kicks in, your model starts to go horribly wrong. And that includes, as you know, the longevity of, of parents, um, kids being dependent for, for a hell of a lot longer. So, so yes, you, you have to start that, taking that into account very early on in your planning. Um, so it's not just your own longevity that becomes an issue later on. It's also the longevity of possibly parents. Absolutely, and and you know that's something that's that's becoming more and more common. We're seeing more and more of that. Um, You know, very simply because not simply, but one of the reasons being is that. 
the cost of medical inflation, the cost of medical aid, the cost of longevity, all that comes into play with your parents. But maybe let's go to the three issues that I mentioned before that we wanted to discuss. You know, the one of it, the, the one, the first issue you put down here is DIYing your investments and see, you know, see how much money you can save. In other words, going it alone. Unpack that a little bit for us. Look, I, there's two issues there. You know, people DIY because there's this perception that it's cheaper. Um, and, yeah, you know, that might be the case. But it takes a huge amount. I just look at it from my own business, our own point of view within Citadel. You know, the time and effort and research we have to put in around just a thing like asset allocation is, is massive. Um, and, and asset allocation in this process is everything. You know, I have an investment qualification, but I, I would never dream of trying to outguess the asset allocation or good asset allocation from a team of, of, of top economists. So when you do it on your own, you're faced with those decisions. The second issue is when you try to make those decisions, emotion becomes a, a problem because you cannot disengage from your own stuff, you know, whether it's your money, <laughs> your relationship. Uh, when you have such a close bond with an asset like that, uh, like your own money. You, you, you just cannot be objective. So a sounding board, an advisor, somebody that stands between you and your money is critical in, this, in, 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 in doing this and doing it successfully on an ongoing basis. It's so interesting how emotion plays such a pivotal role in both your own planning and yet in the markets also. You know, we, yeah. we, we've just seen today, for example, um, load shedding had a direct impact on the RAND. Has it hit business yet? Has it hit the bottom line of businesses? Well, we've learned from the past that demands did suffer, but South African business is resilient and they'll make a plan, they'll work or later, they'll somehow come out of it. But yet the RAND, just because of the perception, the RAND already got hit. So, so too with yourself, you could be able to stand back and say to a third party, give me an honest, objective opinion and then I will implement that which you tell me because otherwise emotion comes into it. Yes, correct, 100%. Great. Then the, the next thing is longevity. And, and here to maybe just unpack it from again from also from my own experience is that, you know, retirement age used to be 55. It still is the earliest legal retirement age. That doesn't mean you can't retire at 40 if you've made the money. You just can't access your retirement money. At age 40, that's what it means. Um, and now 65 has really become the norm. And all of a sudden, you know, product that expired at 70 doesn't expire anymore. Is Companies are adjusting it simply because the life expectancy has been pushed out. But how does that affect someone's retirement savings? Well, you know, if you live 10 years longer, then you might have anticipated when you started doing your planning. And let's say you retired at 65, your life expectancy might have been 90. So what's that? That's 25 years. Right. Um, now it's 35 years. You know, so your capital's got to last 30 odd percent longer than it might have needed to last when you did your planning. So that's the first, probably most sinister impact. But what I was also trying to get at uh, around this longevity is that, you know, you, you live longer, but you live a much better quality of life for longer. And I've been fortunate in, in, in my experience at, at Citadel. I've been observing retirement very closely for 25 years because the bulk of our clients are people that have accumulated funds to retire. And my own observation is that, you know, people that can successfully retire become certainly they're at their maximum value, earning potential, knowledge, experience at the time they retire. And they very seldom just can put their feet up and relax. Um, 
they often get uh, get engaged directorships, consultancies. Their, their skills are valuable. They there's a lot of commerciality in the skills and experience that they've that they've accumulated. So you might retire, but you not you might not have to live off all your savings. You know, you might be earning an income for a while, which in itself uh, defrays your expenditure for for a period of time. So it's been fascinating for me to see how, how even though people are, are older, um, they're still able to add massive value um, into the economy. So that, that's really things that to, um, to take into account. Another thing is how does medical inflation affect retirees? Because one thing we know is medical inflation is above normal inflation. Um, yeah. You know, so if you're working on a fixed interest returns on your money and you're getting a good return today, despite the adverts on the highways, let's say you can get six and a half, maybe seven percent. Medical inflation is running comfortably over 10. Is that a concern? Yeah. Absolutely, and it's a problem. Um, so, so as a proportion of your monthly expenditure, the medical portion of that just then constantly rises. So, in fact, when we do a projection, I we tend to strip out medical inflation as, as a separate cost item. Um, and it, it might be you know, over time you, you need to trim your lifestyle in other parts of your of your expenditure um, to cater for that. But that's all part of the planning. You, know, you, you do need to strip out medical costs, and then you do need to accumulate them at a higher rate than inflation because that then gives you a much truer answer in terms of the capital adequacy of, of what you've accumulated. Okay, fantastic. It really makes a lot of sense. And Nick, please just stay with us. We're just going to quickly run back to an ad break. We'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. This is Avi on money show. Just to let you know that this year at Sana Encore, the World Authority on Marriage, Parenting and Child and Adolescent Behavior, Dr. David Polkovitz, helps parent manage, parents manage a challenge and easy access to pornography. Dr. Palkovitz will provide specific research for an approach to developing an effective, collaborative style with your children in attaining responsible use of this powerful medium with a focus on the importance of parenting, modeling, and responsible Internet use. All this and so much more at this year's Sinai Encore. Book now at sinaiindaba.co.za. That is Sinai, S-I-N-A-I dash indaba.co.za or at CompuTicket for Cape Town on the 24th of February, Durban on the 27th of February and Joburg on the 2nd and 3rd of March. Seats are limited, so please make your way there very, very quickly. And let's get back to talking about retirement. On the line with me is Nick Horn who's Director and Regional Head of Citadel in, in Durban. Nick, the last thing we want to discuss now is debt. Debt is something that chews into everybody's monthly budget. Before we get on to the negatives and the bads and da-da-da-da, one thing I love about what you put here is that debt is a realistic part of everybody's life. It's, it's not something that is evil and bad that you need to avoid at all costs. Some debt allows you to accumulate wealth. Let's let's talk through debt maybe a little bit earlier on in one's life as you're building your asset base, and then how to manage it into retirement. So, why I addressed this issue was, um, you know, you, uh, it's a very old-fashioned uh, statement. You know, debt, debt is bad. You know, there's a, there's a thing around debt, but you have to have debt to to fund an asset. You have to have debt to drive a motor vehicle. Um, the issue is just you know, overgearing is not good. Um, gearing or, or taking on debt to invest is not good because it's not tax effective. 
but taking your debt to fund an asset makes complete sense. I also wanted to distinguish between long-term debt, which is that kind of debt, asset funding, versus short-term debt. Short-term debt is, um, you know, buying clothes on, on, on credit and, um, uh, you know, when you pop your credit card at the supermarket, you know, going on budget versus paying for the thing immediately. Right. So this is distinguishing between long-term debt, which is effective debt, and, and short-term debt. And short-term debt is the one, that's the one that you've got to be very careful of. But debt is essential. You know, debt is what growth comes from debt, from borrowing. <coughs> Sorry, isn't that what Robert Kiyosaki refers to as good debt and bad debt? Great. So, very effectively, what we want to make sure is that in our growth spurt, in our not spurt, our growth region, when we're earning and when we're saving, <clears throat> that we're putting as much as we can away towards retirement savings, and servicing as little as we can or none on short-term debt. In other words, living beyond our means on debt. And what we want to make sure is, by the time we get to retirement age, all those other assets that we are funding with long-term debt, like properties that we live in or property that we live in, investment properties, other other investments that you've geared in order to buy, all those should be settled by the time you retire so that that cash flow that's negative that's going out to service that debt is no longer part of the budget. Yes, agreed. Um, always close. You, know, you don't often get it right, but certainly... In my own life, you know, my, my focus is on, on, on my, my long-term debt. I try and get rid of it as quickly as I can, which allows me to stay. There's also got to be a bit of a balance, though, because, you know, compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. So um, you, you do want to get your long-term debt down, but there's also got to be a balance between that and then how much you start accumulating into growing your capital back. Um, and that's quite a tricky, it's a tricky one to manage, but um, there needs to be a balance there as well. Okay, fantastic. Nick, I, I really like where you've put this whole thing together. How do people get hold of you if they want to discuss the retirement savings with, savings with you a little bit further? They're welcome to visit the web, our website, uh, citadel.co.za. Um, my name is on there along with all the other directors of Citadel, and um, anyone who's more than happy, more than welcome to contact me at any stage. Fantastic. Nick, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on, and thank you for the concise way you've put it. And also the realistic way and, and practical way that you that, that you've released the information, um, instead of the matter of fact that all debt is bad and you should never have debt, the bottom line is that things cost a lot, especially in South Africa. School fees are high, medical expenses are high, um, cost of inflation for food is ever increasing, and the realistic viewpoint is really what makes it a little bit more manageable. Thank you so much for coming on and have a great day. Thank you, Avi. I hope that was a value. Thanks very Fantastic. much. Fantastic. Thank you. Just to repeat, there was Nick Horn, Director of Reg and Regional Head at Citadel in Durban. Please get a hold of them at citadel.co.za. Go along and have a look. Thanks, all everybody, for listening. Craig, thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.